just like that. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to Race Time Radio. So glad you could tune in tonight live on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks, and, of course, on Racetimeradio.com. Are you ready for a great weekend? Hey. It was Memorial, a great weekend, wasn't it? Memorial Day weekend down in the U.S., Whew. and... Uh, uh, you know, it it uh, definitely didn't disappoint on the racetrack today. So oh, far, uh, man, looking uh, looking good. Uh, you know, kind of across the board, there was a lot of action uh, down south leading up to the Indianapolis 500, and of course, right now while we're taping, um, or not taping, we're live right now. But but <laughs> right. if you're listening through the week, um, you know, currently the green flag is uh, currently out in the uh, Coca Cola 600. So um, you know, it's one of those races where it runs late into the night. So uh, um, you know, we're not going to have the, the winner of the Coca-Cola 600 while we're talking, but, uh, no. um, you know, it's, uh, it's on here in the background and, uh, currently watching some, uh, some good NASCAR action. How about 1100 laps, 1100 laps in a day. Remember back in the day, Junior, where, uh, you would have drivers do, uh, both races. They do the Indianapolis 500 and there's only been a couple uh, that oh, have done it. Yeah. Only but, a couple. Yeah. But tell me that wouldn't be grueling. Tony Stewart was one guy that did it right yeah he made history he yeah. uh, he he did the rock and roll um you know kurt bush was another guy that did it uh you know robbie gordon i think attempted it. i don't yeah. know whether robbie gordon did it or not um but uh yeah there's there's only been a handful of guys that actually get the the job done um and uh and really tony stewart had the had the best of the yeah. uh, of the outings but uh how about that the uh, talking about tony stewart and talking about the indy 500 um, you know, the, the, the winner today, uh, four-time winner, Mr. Helio Castro Neves, um, goes out, gets the win, uh, but he's part of that SRX deal, um, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know, with, with Tony Stewart in conjunction with, uh, with Ray Emmerham and those guys. So, um, you know, the SRS race, SRX racing, um, uh, platform is getting ready to kick off and, uh, um, you know, it's pretty cool that they have the, uh, the current Indy 500 winner, uh, going to be uh, joining that field of uh, of stout race cars. Have you seen much of it? Have you seen no. all the different colors? I you know, have very, not. Very similar to the IROC series. You know how they had, you know, a red car and a pink car and a yellow car and a green all car, all identically um, prepared. Yeah, so so yep. the exact same deal with the uh, Tony Stewart SRX deal and and uh, um, you know they're they're starting to uh, you know the testing is all done. They're starting the final preparation, getting ready for race number one, uh, coming up here in, in uh, a week and a half, two weeks. Um, uh, lots of really cool feedback, and, and by all accounts, um, you know, they've built a, a true race car for um, for the schedule that is upon them. You know what? Uh, yet another reason why you want Rev TV Canada. Uh, that's going to be a channel that is going to carry a lot of that content. So uh, Rev TV Canada, I know uh, we were hard on it here a couple of weeks ago with uh, Rev It Up Rogers. Um, that program, uh, give you a little quick update on everything there. Um, everything was put forward. I know Rogers got a lot of calls for Rev TV Canada for anybody that has uh, Rogers as a television provider like us. Um, uh, trying to get Rev TV Canada, and uh, uh, so far we have not been successful yet. Mm. Uh, Rogers is still holding out. Uh, everything is in front of them. Everything is ready to go. And from some of the discussions I've had, 
everything is laying right there in front of Rogers. They're just at this point still chosen not to take that channel and offer it uh, to their customer base. And uh, that's unfortunate because I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be hanging around for a long time waiting for it. I want Rev TV Canada. Um, I just may have to go back to Shaw Direct where I know I can get Rogers or I can get Rev TV Canada. That's a great channel. 140 live races coming at those subscribers. So uh, that, that, that's huge, man. For Motorhead like uh, you and I, yep. that's the kind of channel we need. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, definitely a shame, but uh, they'll continue working towards it. And, uh, uh, you know, the 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 platform, um, you know, that they've got established, they've got a lot of great content coming down the pipe. And, oh, huge. And, uh, you know, a couple of the races that have already taken place this year, uh, I know through the Speed Sport partnership that they've got, you know, you're going to see a couple of those races um, on the broadcast uh, or on the, the platform on Rev TV uh, coming in the near future. Uh, and then as well, they, they do a lot of, of, you know, taping of races and, and different things like that, um, you know, for into the fall and, and winter oh, months when yeah. we don't have any racing uh, live on TV, um, you know, a lot of that content kind of gets regurgitated, and and uh, you know, you get to you get to watch quite a few races that you didn't get a chance to watch through the season, right? Um, so you know, it, it's always surprising on what is on there when you go and you click on it, um, you know. And then they also have great you know programming that isn't to do with with stock car racing, but uh, you know, other content like dra- or uh, like like tractor pulls and boat uh, racing. You know, boat Bike racing, racing, bike racing, you yeah, name exactly. It. So they've got lots of different content that uh, that they that they put out there, and and uh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we're we're just gonna have to pull on on Mike Mike's strings a little bit here and get a <laughs> link to uh, some streaming service that uh, yeah. we might be able to watch. But uh, uh, you know, definitely, uh, Rogers, get on that. Yeah. One final note that I want to just mention, uh, and I know uh, I don't believe I even updated you, Junior, uh, through the course of the week last week. I did have a discussion with uh, Rev TV Canada. Mike Garrow uh, was on a call with Rebecca and Ed. We had uh, uh, like a conference call going on. I'll tell you what, I can't tell you exactly what we spoke of, but I can tell absolutely everybody it is uh, some of the stuff that Mike Garrow and the team at Rev TV Canada has coming at us uh, as race fans. You are not going to believe it. Um, uh, just uh, I'm going to leave it right there because uh, I can't say too much, but stay tuned. Uh, it's very, very exciting stuff for absolutely every race fan. Uh, is yet another reason why you're going to want Rev TV Canada. But let me tell you who we got coming on the show tonight, Junior. What a stellar lineup we've got. Uh, of course, today, the Indianapolis 500. That was a dynamite race. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. How about the competition level? Man, IndyCar has nailed it. When you got 33 cars taking the green flag, uh, Wilson had a little kerfuffle there on pit road, cost him his day. But other than that, for 99% of the race, we had 32 cars actually on the track. Only three of them were down a lap. Yeah, for sure. Um Competition's nailed. The competition has been has been really stout, and they've been building towards it. Um, but really, you gotta you gotta take your hat off to Helio Castro Neves, a guy who um, you know has stepped away from the full time gig of IndyCar racing, right? And being able to go back out there and get the job done. 
you know this this whole game is built on on momentum and and you know uh, the team building and and connection and chemistry and all that stuff um that go into winning i don't care if it's you know late model racing in the apc series or or cup racing or indycar racing formula 1 um really it, it's very difficult to do any form of racing that has a full time base um part time you yeah. know um, yeah, yeah. to do anything part time in motorsports Week after week, it doesn't matter if the tracks are different, it doesn't matter if the rules are different, whatever it may be, all your competitors are, are on their A game because they're banging on all cylinders. Well, they're doing it every day, exactly. right? Exactly, and, and uh, you know, you, not very often do you see a guy that, that is part-time that can actually go out there and get the job done um, against the full-time guys. Um, you know, there's there's the going down a division. So there's the guys that do it part time in the Xfinity series at race cup. Right. Or the guys that race Xfinity full time and they step into the truck series or, you know, uh, a guy that races modified full time steps down and does it part time in, in, you know, a late model or something like that. Right. You see it backwards, but you don't ever see it, you know, where, where somebody steps aside uh, you know, for a handful of races and then steps back in and is competitive right out of the gate, let alone winning, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, that's um, tough to do. You know, when you look at, at the feat that Halo Castro Neves just did, um, you, you know, you think back to the guys that, you know, in recent, in recent memory that have done a very similar deal that have went after, you know, trying to get the, the W in something, um, you, you know, you look at the Daytona 500, right? You've always got a couple of names in there that that they might have you know retired the year before or stepped aside from a full time right. role, and they come back year after year trying to get that. Um, you know, just this past year, um, you know, you got Jamie McMurray, right? right. He's he's right. a he's he's only racing part time, um, you know, really part time, just ah. the Daytona five hundred. I was just gonna say um, that's even more but, part than part time, exactly. But same same deal with with Helio. Um, you know, you, you look at uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr., he's doing one-offs in the Xfinity series and hasn't been able to get the job done. Right. You know, um, he comes back for one race, and sure, he's competitive, he runs, you know, he's a great driver, he does his thing out there, but but really hasn't got the chance to go out there and win. Um, and, you know, it just proves how big of a feat Helio just beat, and, uh, uh, you know, that's got to go a long way for uh, for for not only the fan base, um, you know, to get the job done four times now. Um, that's a very prestigious place to be in, uh, in the history books, and, and uh, you know, hats off to Helio. Well, we're going to talk lots more about the Indy 500 today. Uh, we're going to do that with a, with a guy, Junior, uh, that was uh, a spotter, and he is uh, a Canadian, just like us. Uh, Jeff Gottler is going to join the show tonight. He made his Indianapolis 500 debut as a spotter with uh, James Hinchcliffe. Uh, so we're going to catch up live tonight with Jeff Gottler, uh, and we're going to find out how his day all unfolded. Uh, so we're looking forward to doing that. Uh, there was short track racing action today here in Canada. Happened out on Canada's furthest point east, of course, in Newfoundland. Eastbound International Speedway got their official season opener under the green flag. We got Mike James going to join us here in, uh, oh, I don't know, about five minutes from now. We're going to have Mikey on there, get a recap of the action today at Eastbound International Speedway. Then 
Uh, how about on Canada's west coast? We're going to go all the way out west, all the way into the province of British Columbia, and we're going to check in once again with Trevor Siebert, uh, of course, one of the new owners at Penticton Speedway, and they're kind of doing what we're going to call a full rebuild of that short track, and we're going to check in with Trevor. Uh, it's been a month or so since we talked to Trev. Uh, it, the plans are all unfolding. I know the work's been underway. Uh, Trevor, as you know, Junior, was pretty big in Indy Lights back in the day. I kind of figured he would have been in front of a television somewhere today, taking in the Indy 500, uh, being a past driver kind of thing, and uh, not so. He was uh, probably in a loader or a big excavator <laughs> yeah. at uh, Penticton Speedway, and uh, it Trevor's going to join the show tonight. So we're going to talk to him and get a full update on how everything's coming out at that short track. It's going to be pretty amazing. I uh, can't wait to see how everything uh, uh, looks after all that hard work has been done. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about Penticton. And, you know, you think back, uh, you know, when we had him on the program last time, uh, we'll definitely follow up on, you know, one of the, the listeners' questions. Uh, we'll see if they, if they got, you know, together sure. with the Drift guys. And uh, we'll also get an update on you know what they've got coming down the pipe um obviously you know the the provinces are all starting to uh you know see light at the end of the tunnel for for you know lifting restrictions we'll also get an update uh, about area 27 and the rs1 series that they've got rolling uh, out there um you know i've seen lots of posts lately from uh from aj one of the guys that uh, do all the work uh, on the rs1 cars um by all accounts it looks like uh, everything's firing on all cylinders and um um, you know, it's uh, it's looking like a pretty good season out west, and and it looks like it's going to be a uh, a great year once they can get everything kicked off. And uh, you know, on the timeline side, we'll we'll follow up with Trevor as well, and and just see if he's on track to be you know on on yeah. par with with where the release date uh, you know is planned and and all of that great stuff. So uh, looking forward to catching up with Trevor, and and uh, you know we'll we'll see if he's gonna strap into a car too. We yeah. got. <laughs> we got to pull the chain a little bit and yeah. see, see if he's going to uh, strap on a helmet here. Uh, you know, take the hard hat off and, and uh, put a real helmet on. <laughs> It'll be amazing. We got lots coming at you tonight, but we're going to hit this first break. And then we're going to get to the hotline and we're going to grab that Mike James out at Eastbound International Speedway out in Newfoundland. We'll find out how the season opener unfolded. For those guys out there, we're going to get to that and everything uh, in just a few moments here. Uh, we'll be back. Stay with us. And things are just getting started tonight on Race Time Radio. We'll be back. Hey, race fans. This is James Hinchcliffe, and you are listening to Race Time Radio. From coast to coast, coast, to coast. you're listening <laughs> to Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is brought to you by RPM Race Parts. Order today, race tomorrow. Also by VP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And by Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Rev TV is Canada's own motorsports network featuring live races and rallies from around the world and right here at home. 
Rev TV is your destination for motorsports action 24-7. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Race Time Radio is brought to you by GetRackHunter.com. Take your shot, pull the trigger, and join Rack Hunter Nation on both sides of the border at GetRackHunter.com. Canadians will camp like never before this season. Family time will be spent outside, around the campfire. Be prepared for all the elements. Be sure to pack quick, quick fire starters. No need to haul paper or kindling. Just pop a quick, quick fire starter into the pit. Add your wood and presto. You're a professional camper. Let the stories begin. Quick, quick fire starters. Making social distancing bonfires fun. Alexa, play NASCAR radio on Sirius XM. Sirius XM NASCAR radio from Sirius XM. Start your engine! Gain access to NASCAR's biggest name. Martin Truex Jr. Kyle Busch. Chase Elliott. Hear live coverage of every single race. They're side by side for the win. Woo! It's unfiltered 24-7 NASCAR. Welcome to Victory Lane. We've got breaking news. Let's go to the hotline. This is Sirius XM NASCAR radio channel 90. Listen on the app or at home on devices equipped with Amazon Alexa. Learn more at SiriusXM.com slash NASCAR. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, Port Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, and Indiganish, Nova Scotia. Also by APX Racewear and Quick Wick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. If you're a Springsteen fan, you just found the promised land. Hear rare interviews and performances. Live concerts. Is there anybody guest DJs. This is Rob Lowe. Hey, baby, it's little Steven here. And more exclusives when listening to Bruce Springsteen's channel. Welcome, Bruce Springsteen, to E Street Radio, your home Great. away from home. Great to meet you. E Street Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 20. Race time radio to go. Streaming live or on demand. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. So glad you could tune in tonight. Off to Canada's east coast we go, and I mean all the way out. Let's go all the way out to Newfoundland, and let's welcome in the voice of Eastbound International Speedway. We got him. We got Mike James on the other end of this hotline right after their season opener. What's going on tonight there, Mikey? How are you? I'm surprised that phone lines go out that far. (laughs) Like, that's way out there. Well, it's... it's cordless. Always, right? <laughs> always, always, always. I was born that way. I was born that way. I look over to the right here. That's the guy that taught me everything I know. Well, I'm excited to be on the Joe and Joe show here tonight. But uh, uh, good evening, Canada, man. It was awesome out here on the rock today. We got uh, we got snowed out on Victoria Day weekend. We lost the opening weekend minus three, so we decided to uh, hold off for the icebreaker. Literally. <laughs> And we got it going here today, and it was absolutely stunning. Joe Joe, and Joe, you both been here. You know how windy it can be in Newfoundland. There was not a breath of wind. It was ideal racing conditions. It was 20 degrees, which is like 35 degrees in Newfoundland <laughs> terms. So 
It was absolutely incredible, man. It was so awesome to be back to the track. There was fans in the stand. We were completely sold out under our restrictions. Uh, there wasn't a ticket to be had, man. People were auctioning off their tickets to be a, be there today. Yeah, you got to love it, Mike. I, I know you and Bob and absolutely everybody at Eastbound has been uh, working your tails off to get everything fired up for another brand new season. And uh, good on you guys for uh, getting it fired up. I know uh, Glenda, the head scorekeeper, uh, she was keeping me up to date throughout uh, the course of the day, seeing some photos uh, of cars on track at Eastbound. It did look like a sparkling day. How did it all unfold? Everything uh, seemed to work well for the teams? Oh, it was wild. I mean, pits were full. We have so many new rookies this year, which is incredible. So all divisions, uh, we're seeing new spark coming into the into the sport, which is always you know, as a love lover of the sport, you know, it's always incredible to see new people enter and uh, seeing even the kids in the Bandoleros. We've got a couple new drivers there throughout the, all the different divisions uh, at Eastbound. We're seeing uh, Sparks of New Life. Uh, so we ran four divisions today. We had the Amanda Arsenal uh, Bandolero Series, and we had a top three finish, Jacob Lawrence in the 05. Uh, Johnny Upshaw returned after taking a year off. The 12 car came in second. Alex Evans, uh, rookie there a couple years ago, taking the podium finish MP3. Uh, but uh, a, a big note here, Joe and Joe, uh, Jacob O'Leary, the 17, who had the Hardy's Days of Thunder throwback machine, eight years old, and started with our Bando Outlaws today. Wow. Wow. Amazing. That's, yeah, that's unbelievable. Wild. Amber Eason represent the females here today, brand new girl into the sport. 13 years old so um you know as an announcer as well as being a promoter of the sport i mean it's just awesome to see these young kids enter and uh, we had a full field of bandos there today so the the future stars of, of uh, all these series so. hey, and one thing as well you know scrolling through facebook uh earlier on in the day um really you know talking about those bandos and and talking about the safety aspect of them uh they they got tested out there by by the uh the black number 84 the the healy machine um ended up getting tore up pretty bad but uh but by all accounts thank goodness that you know they they proved to be a safe you know, platform to, to have kids in. Um, talk a little bit about that as well. A hundred percent. I mean, Noah had a fabulous start to today. He uh, took the heat race win earlier on. The car looked super quick. They had their sights on uh, on a big run for 2021, and I'm sure that we're going to see them back for race number two. But, yeah, they got into a really, uh, 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 I guess, really close quarter situation coming out of term four. Jacob Lawrence and Noah Healy were right on the top of the wick. They were they were so tight and so good, uh, but they just got into each other in turn four and uh, just a little bit of contact with the wall, and obviously the car went over. Uh, but the safety crew at Eastbound, uh, Scott Tilly and the guys, did a fabulous job. And when you see them get out of these cars, uh, you know, it's absolutely incredible to see uh, Noah Healy and the whole of the fans behind them. Uh, cheering them on as they got out of that car. And make no mistake, if you have never seen Eastbound International Speedway out in Newfoundland, I'm telling you what, you need to check this racetrack out. Um, it's amazing. It's a very, very fast track. And, uh, Mike, a lot of times, depending on the speedway, you will see 
tracks run, uh, uh, you know, the bando cars uh, and the beginners. They'll try and make a smaller track within a track uh, to keep those guys, uh, you know, condensed or uh, maybe slowed down a wee bit. That's not the case at uh, Eastbound. They run on the full speedway, and, man, I'll tell you what, they get her on. Yeah, this is probably one of the worst we've seen uh, in, in the series over seven years, uh, but it was unbelievable. You know, it was a, a bit of a, a calming or like a, a quiet moment there, but uh, when he jumped out of that car and walked away, I, I know his family, his parents, uh, I, I know they held their breath for a second, but uh, I know they're so proud of their son and his accomplishments, and uh, I'm, I'm certain that we'll see him back again and contend for that championship in 2021 because uh, that is a top-notch team and uh, even their sponsors are 100% behind them. So uh, I, I know uh, it was so good to hear the fans get behind them. So uh, really excited to see what Noah Healy has for us this year. So we had legend cars on track as well today. How did the legends all make out? Lots of lots of noise going on in the legends as that field continues to grow. We had a couple not there today that are that – are, uh, Supposed to be there, but they, they couldn't make it this weekend. So that field is growing continuously. But uh, we've seen the number 23, Michael Neary, continue to dominate. The kid is just so sharp. Uh, you know, his uh, his pickup points and and everything is just almost like fluid. It's just like watching Beethoven out there. Uh, but the 23 machine, Michael Neary, was dominant again, taking the win. Uh, the 53 machine, Morgan Oates, took up P2. But here is the one to talk about. The 02, Austin Hiscock, just graduating for the Bando. He is one of our youngest U.S. legend drivers ever to compete at 13 years old. And boy, did he do a job today finishing on the podium. That kind of reminds you of that Michael Neary, right? Watching Michael, uh, we've seen him in the Bandos. He uh, graduates into a legend car. From the time that, uh, you know, Carl took him out of that one car, put him into a legend car, uh, there's been no turning around and looking back. Those guys have been spot on. Sounds like you got more young protégés coming through that are going to be wowing fans for a while. Well, you look at Cup, you know, you got Kyle Busch and, and all those big names, Joey Logano and all these bando drivers, you know, they're so dominant in the sport because they started so young. But, I mean, Mike, let's talk about Michael Neary for a second. He came out of the Legends, I believe, at 16 years old. Austin Hiscock coming out at 13 it just blew me away this year. Uh, the amount of skill level that this kid has at such a young age, you know, and uh, – you know, he's so pumped. They do such a great job with their sponsors. They do such a great job with the car, the look, everything about that team is just it's just awesome. you got to check them out online. If you're tuning in tonight, check out Austin Hiscock Racing, the O2 team over here in Newfoundland. These guys know how to get it done. We're with Mike James. He is the voice of Eastbound International Speedway on the Oval and on the drag racing side. We'll talk about the drag racing side in a moment, but uh, onward, upward, I guess hobby stocks would have been the next sort of in line to get their season fired up. How did the hobby stock race uh, all fare out? Well, the Atlantic Dodge Dealers Hobby Stocks, that is our Division 2 of our Advanced Auto Parts Series, the NASCAR Series. So they are sharing the, uh, the Division 2 of that NASCAR Series. Uh, these guys stole the show today. It was the biggest field there. And we had two heat race qualifiers to sit them up into the 40-lap main. And, Joe, I don't think they got the memo that it was just a qualifier and there was no cash on the line because that was like the final race. Uh, this was like Daytona 500. <laughs> These guys went three wide to the finish line. Robbie Cable, who did not finish on the podium in the main, 
But, man, I've never seen a finish like that. And when I get that video, I promise I'll send it to you. It was just absolutely incredible. These guys raced right to the edge. They raced three wide to the finish, and they just never lifted at all. And, and even the fans, they were just standing up and just astonished what kind of show these four-cylinders could put on. And uh, we've seen it in heat race number one. We've seen it in heat race number two. And then that led into the final where we stacked all of them up into that big main event, 40 laps on the board. Uh, but in the end, the 33, Shane Collins came home with the win. The 9 machine, Roger Ryan, and the 16 of Andrew Morgan were your top three. Now, I was just going to get to Andrew Morgan. Uh, I think back a couple of years ago, Mike, when we were all out there at Eastbound, I remember seeing that Morgan machine go for a flip and a fly. Uh, good to hear flip. he is back Eight into times. a car. <laughs> <laughs> I think he went over eight times that day. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, talk about uh, real thankful that a guy gets out of a car and walks away. That was one day that I had my, uh, my oh, man, I just couldn't believe it. Great to see uh, and, and to hear him back into a car. Names like Robbie Cable back out there. You guys are in for a, day, a dynamite season out there. Well, these guys know how to put on a show. And, you know, there's a bit of rubbing in that series, you know, like our street stocks, hobby stocks. But, I mean, these guys did it gracefully today. A lot of three wides, you know, and at Eastbound, it's so tight. It's the hairpin. It's downhill three and four. You know, it's an 18-degree bank. And when you see three wide going into turn three into four, you, you kind of hold your breath a bit because it gets really tight on that exit to the flat track. So, uh, But, man, did they ever put on a show. And Robbie Cable, uh, I'm telling you, he picked up a few fans today when he finished there just by a bumper on that heat race. And like like I said, it was just a heat race, uh, but they made it out like it was the Daytona 500 today. That's amazing. I I think back to you know being there, and, and obviously I've only ever seen you know one uh, feature you know four cylinder race at at Eastbound. But but that being said, you know I, I think that you know I, I've seen four cylinders across Canada, and you guys have the by far the most competitive four-cylinder division and the healthiest four-cylinder division um, that that I can point to across Canada. I think that, you know, obviously I've seen them at Scotia. I would hold Scotia Speed World um, and the Atlantic Canada, you know, portion right up there as well. But I would have to, like with the Thunder and Lightning class that they yep. have. Yep. Um, but that being said, I, I would I would think that, you know, the, the eastbound you know, division of, of four cylinder race cars, um, would be the strongest uh, across Canada. Um, you know, when you, when you look at them here in Ontario, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of great competitors here in Ontario. Um, but, but really there's a few cars that are lights out fast, you know, that, that, you know, kind of cover the whole field at, at every track that they go to. Um, and, and they put on a great show, but I would say that, you know, the, the most competitive four-cylinder racing that I've ever seen is, is definitely at Eastbound Speedway. Yeah, top to would bottom. Would you agree with that? I would. I would, I, yeah. I think that, Wholeheartedly. you know, just the, the competitor base, obviously it takes a, a competitive base of drivers to do that and, and a bunch of teams that, that want to win to do that, right? And, and there's yep. a lot of chemistry uh, to make that happen, but... I think that the way that you guys build it up as well at the racetrack, um, you know, you guys don't, you guys, like, as Eastbound itself, you guys don't class the, the four cylinders as, as an undercard. You know, oh, it's, hell no. you guys, you guys class, the, exactly, <laughs> you guys class the four cylinders 
equal to every other division. And I think that there's a lot to be said about doing it that way. Um, and I'm not calling any track out by saying that. It's just it's easy to look at just the late models and be like, the late models are the king of, of the world. Um, you know, and, and I think that that gets done a lot across Canada. Um, and I think that that kind of takes away from the four cylinders where you guys at Eastbound do a great job at, at really bolstering what you've got and bolstering the, the competitive nature that of what you've got. And, and I think that you guys do a great job with that. So, uh, hats off to you, Mike. We're just so fortunate and lucky. I mean, these guys take so much pride in their four cylinders, you know, like the 24 Nathaniel wall, the DuPont, you know, the rainbow, rainbow bright, uh, you know, these guys just put so much time into their paint. They put so much time between races. Uh, and this year, Bob Smith finally let it go, but these guys are running sportsman front end. So front bumpers now on our hobby stock. So they actually yeah. look like mini sportsman late models, which is pretty cool. And, you know what? I, I I figured we'd only see two or three, but today we had about ninety five percent of the field with sportsman bumpers. So um, it just goes to show how much pride they have in their cars, and uh, you know they are fan favorite. And it's because what they put it. It's almost like back in the day. I remember in the nineteen eighties, you know, I was involved with a lot of demolition derbies, and people used to take pride in their demolition derby. You know, there was a big prize for best paint and stuff like that, and. And I kind of see that in, in our hobby stock class. Uh, I mean, these guys just put so much effort into making them look like cup cars, basically. And uh, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, so we got the season fired up for those three divisions. And then, of course, the big thunder comes out. You had a 100-lap opener for those sportsman cars. Everybody with their eye on the big prize. They want to be the NASCAR champion and fall in the footsteps of uh, – Oh, like uh, Wayne Walsh in the 99 and uh, the 74 car. Everybody wants to be a champion. Today is day number one. How did that all shake out? Well, in 2016, we, we became a part of the NASCAR family, and our first NASCAR champion in Newfoundland Labrador was Jason Groves. Wayne Walsh then dominated for three seasons, 2017, 18, and 19, in 2020, we had a, a bit of an off year, just three races, but Jason Groves was dominant in 2020 as Wayne Walsh took a seat that year. This day, I can tell you, it was just incredible because everybody wants to be that champion, like you said. And this is the first year for the Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series, so the brand-new NASCAR series for Newfoundland. And uh, and new to this series is the divisions, which is pretty cool. Uh, NASCAR finally listened, and... They have this new division, so the North America is chopped up into six divisions, and eastbound competes in the Northeast. So we we compete against like speedways like Hudson Speedway and so on in the Northeast. So it actually makes it a little bit easier because it's so hard to compete against the, the, the Southeast guys that race 40, 50 times a year. Like Dale Jr. Uh, won the, uh, the, the Advanced Auto Parts Series last year with his driver, but they probably had 40 to 50 starts. Right, so, and they get to uh, throw away bad nights and just count the 18 that they really want, right? Right. So, I mean, but if you get 50 starts and you get your best 18, it's a little bit more of an advantage over the guy that only gets 18 starts. So with this new division, it's great because the Northeast tracks, most of them don't start till around this time, April, May, and it, it makes it a little bit more easier for our drivers now to compete. So coming into this race number one, I can tell you, I, I felt the intensity with the drivers, and they all uh, just put on a wicked show. So 
but 74 was victorious. Jason Groves, uh, uh, he was dominant pretty much throughout that race, but there was so much, uh, so much highlights throughout this race. And, Joe, I don't think we've ever done so. A record was set today. This was the A1 Automotive 100-lap main event today, and we had a mandatory caution at lap 50. Mm-hmm. There were zero caution flags at eastbound today. Can you believe that? Wow. Wow, that's telling you lots, right? The guys have done their homework in the offseason. Green green flag to checker flag today. It was incredible. 100 laps uh, flagged off. Sometimes that's a bit, you know, you, you can almost fall asleep sometimes when you <laughs> have these long green flag stretches and uh, – but these guys battled throughout, man. We had a lot of transfer back and forth. Uh, Groves dominated. Wayne Walsh uh, ended up on the podium in P2. Owen Groves, the nine machine, was in P3. Uh, Dean Martin, the two-car veteran uh, dirt tracker, was in fourth. Chad Lawrence was in the five. But one car that did not make it into the top five that probably could have been there was Sarah Thorne, the 06, one of our Bando graduates. Uh, she came in with a brand-new Chevrolet Hickman Automotive Group uh, sponsorship, full key sponsorship, and man, was she ever dominant until she lost the brake line today. So unfortunately for her, she did not finish in the top five, and I can see she's going to be probably a front runner in the next race. Uh, as uh, her father, Ross Thorne, a dirt track racer, he uh, he hung up the. Uh, the, the, the driver's suit just for today and, and was spotting her through, and, man, did they ever do a fabulous job. Well, I'll tell you what, that 16 car, uh, always a threat to win. Now, did they come out with the – I know they had new cars coming. Did they debut today with the new cars in that 16 bunch? Uh, in the, no, not just yet. So we, we're hoping to see that probably in race number two. I think they, they've been holding off on that secret that they've been working on. Uh, but Shane Coffin in the O2, part of that team, made his return as well. He has a brand-new ride. He had some issues. Uh, Mark Bess, a brand-new, you you know him. He was the 2016 uh, Division II NASCAR champion in our hobby stock. Yeah, He yep. has now made his full-season debut in his 78 machine. And uh, But some of these guys had a bit of, bit of issues. Uh, Mark Bess lost an engine in practice just two weeks ago. Came in with a brand-new power plant. Did not get a lot of track time on it. Phil Fowler had uh, just finished his car this week, so he had some issues. He blew up some stuff yesterday in practice, so uh, we've seen some heartache today, uh, and, and, it, and it comes down to just a little bit more track time that these guys, but uh, it's going to be interesting uh, with this new rule this year with the MSD box. Joe, you've been, you've been uh, privileged with some of that information. Uh, brand new this year. They got the chip limiter right now in our series, so... Uh, some learning curves for these guys. Oh, sure. yeah. And that's what keeps it interesting, right? You got a good bunch, good crafty veterans. You got some young blood coming in. Sounds like things are firing on all cylinders. Where do we go from here, Mike? Uh, when's the next oval track race? Because, like uh, mentioned before, you guys do volley between drag racing and oval track. You got them covered on both uh, disciplines, if you will. What's the next oval track race? And uh, then I guess drag racing is going to be up next, right? Well, we're week to week right now until October. We're going to be a busy season. Uh, Scotty Tilly, Bob Smith, Patty, and all the guys, we're, we're in overdrive right now. So we're going to go hardcore right till October. Uh, but before I get into the schedule, Joe and Joe, uh, one thing is uh, that I need to make a, uh, official or unofficial. The results that I've told you tonight are unofficial. Uh, tech was very busy here tonight. Uh, first race of the season, you know, so 
Well, I will know the official results tomorrow, but a uh, bit of uh, bit of busyness uh, going on in the tech shed there today. Well, and we just grabbed you as soon as the race is completed. So, of <laughs> course, everything unofficial until uh, everything clears through. But it sounds like day number one was a success out of eastbound. That's Dynamite News, Mike. Uh, it was off the charts. But uh, getting back to the question, next week we're back in action. Uh, we're going to have tickets on sale Tuesday. Announcement coming out that show uh so race two number two of the advanced auto parts nascar series will happen next sunday and then we're back to the drag strip so the season opener of the ihra season which is a big season for ihra this year and uh we're super pumped to see that growth here on the rock uh, uh there is just so many people working on some cars and and it's great to see the youth involved it's almost uh i don't know if you're seeing it in ontario right now uh, but we're seeing a lot of lot nights. We're seeing a lot of young kids getting involved and, and buying old cars like old Fox Body Mustangs and, and getting into it. It's not just tuna cars or Subarus and stuff. We're actually seeing a lot of these young kids, uh, you know, 19, 20 years old, picking up the, some 1980s Fox Bodies and Camaros and, and actually bringing them to the track. So it's, it's kind of cool because it kind of fell off there for a while. Uh, but it's always nice to see motorsports grow, and uh, we're seeing a trend here in Newfoundland, and I'm hoping this is going to be a record-breaking year for our drag shoot. Well, I know earlier today, well, this morning, Sue, uh, was. Uh, she had her iPad fired up. She's looking through. She said, look at this. Uh, and it was a picture of the guys at Eastbound scraping the rubber out of the starting <laughs> block, I believe. That would have been a job in itself right there. 100%. Every year, you know, we got to start with a brand new track. You know, all that rubber has been through all the winter and, and the water and that. So uh, we had a great crew come out. Some of our competitors joined in and they went out there. And it's it's not a, a, a fun, clean job. It, they actually have to torch that off like a roof and they got to scrape that rubber off. And, and, you know, so the whole concrete pad has to be done. And so we had about five guys come out yesterday and uh, they're really excited, man. They, they love their sport. And uh, we got a brand new timing system this year, so lots of positivity in the IHRA here in the Rock. And uh, I got a funny feeling we're going to break a record. I think we're going to see seventy plus cars this season. Mike, do you is there like is there a fastest guy in Newfoundland or a fastest car in Newfoundland? Do you know like yeah. like who who has that? Uh, you know who has that title? Uh, and if so, who is that? Uh, Dave Anthony, who runs a lot in the United States throughout uh, the Maritimes, uh, he he does uh, up in Ontario, travels all over the place. But he is a uh, staple in here, a veteran, uh, puts so much time into the IHRA drag strip. His name is Dave Anthony. He runs a Dan Page top top dragster. Uh, he runs around four point five seconds, uh, so a pretty pretty quick slick machine. And probably next to him is probably five seconds. So uh, he he has it by half, but you know it doesn't matter about how fast you know. With bracket racing, it's just incredible. Like you could have uh, a new Fiat Birth Turbo 1.4 liter out there against a top dragster, and, and the Fiat walks away with it because you know uh, with the with the uh, with the brackets. So uh, what's really cool is when you see that happen, and, and you see these guys. Some some guys first time ever in the sport you come out with a brand new camaro or whatever never done drag racing before and the next thing you know um luck be how they they run a great dial and and they take the win so uh, a lot of people don't understand bracket racing and, and the whole dial-in process but when you get to do that it's uh, and get into it and get some assistance from some of these veterans 
it's actually a lot of fun. And uh, I remember the first time I actually was competitive in drag racing was in Memphis, Tennessee, with that young kid who was 10 years old. It was uh, uh, Darian Legg, the first autistic child in the world to compete in the world finals at IHRA. And, uh, man, myself and Bob Smith and his parents, uh, man, when you're setting up the dial-ins and you could be off by a thousandth of a second, it's, uh, it gets pretty intense. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, consistency pays. We're going we're gonna to see it. We're going to see it transpire on oval track races this year at Sobble Speedway. <laughs> so it's, it's going uh, well, to be. I tell these guys a tenth of a second, a hundredth of a second, just think about drag strips, you know, ten, ten, uh, Ten laps, a tenth of a second, that's a second. That's eight car lengths. So, yeah. you know, these guys got to really get into the fractions here. Mike, this has been great catching up with you tonight. Uh, sounds like everything is firing on all cylinders, pardon the pun, out there at Eastbound International Speedway. Uh, if fans have never experienced Eastbound and you live out in Newfoundland, uh, where do they go? How do they find out more about it? I think check us out on the Facebook, eastboundpark.com. We're going to make that announcement tomorrow. Tickets on sale Tuesday. Uh, but every week we have a full-fledged schedule. You know, come out and check us out. It's a beautiful track. And uh, Joe and Joe, both of you guys have been there. We can't wait till this COVID racket is over. Uh, so that we can have our race time radio fans, uh, a family back in action, and and hopefully call our show. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to calling maybe turn four with uh, Jerry Paxton and you guys. Oh man, I can't wait! So one of these days, Mike, we uh, we're, we're going to do it. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> you see that, Jerry? Now, Paxton are you buying the beer for up. everybody or just for you? That's a big difference. <laughs> I know and you got to be careful. I, I, I could probably hook us up with 50 dozen beer. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, That's just about enough. <laughs> For you, probably. Yeah, <laughs> dynamite stuff. So glad that everything is uh, fired up out there. And uh, you keep it up. I know we'll get you back on the show, and we'll get some of the competitors on here. And uh, we will look forward to a great 2021 season at Eastbound, buddy. Hundred percent. Just quick question for you, Joe, and uh, you probably know: Were we the only race across Canada today? Yeah, yeah, I do believe you I, were uh, the you, only one. Quebec, sixty. Quebec. Oh, Quebec had a race. Autodrome Chaudière, I believe, had a race. Did they today? And then, okay, and then as yeah, well on I the on the dirt the side were canceled. Yes, so. and then on the dirt side, I believe Chaudière had a race uh, in Quebec. I'll pull that up though. We'll get you. We'll get you the answer. You just got to tune in. Hundred <laughs> percent, guys. Enjoy your evening, man. The Joe and Joe Show, guys, man, it's so pleasure to be with you guys, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys face to face, having a few beers, and I promise, Junior, you'll make this flight next time. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's Mike James, <laughs> uh, Eastbound International Speedway. Check him out online, Mikey. You have a good night. Say hi to everybody out there. Hundred percent. Enjoy your evening, boys. You betcha. That's Mike James. Uh, always look forward to catching up with Mike here on Race Time Radio. Uh, we're going to hit a quick break. When we come back, we are going to hear from Jeff Gottlier. You want to know what it's like to uh, maybe spot for one of those Indy cars today in the Indianapolis 500? Well, Jeff was the kind of guy that did that today. We're going to talk to him next, right here on Race Time Radio. Stay with us. Hey, it's Robbie Gordon from Speed Energy and Stadium Super Trucks here in Canada, and you're listening to Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167. From coast to coast, coast, to coast, coast. you're listening to Canada, to Canada Talks. 
Time Radio is fueled by BP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Dawson Dental Centers, get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Finally, winter is in the rearview mirror. Camping this year is going through the roof. Be prepared for your getaway. Pack a good supply of Quick Quick Fire Starters. Seasoned pro campers have been using Quick Quick Fire Starters for over 30 years. No need to take paper or kindling. Just add your wood and your Quick Quick Fire Starter and let the stories begin around the campfire. Quick Quick Fire Starters, the official starter of spring and summer. From two wheels to four and so much more, Rev TV also features exclusive live race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and so much more. Rev TV offers you the best seat in the house to feel the rush. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. Men, 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 morning men. Hi, I'm Evan Cohen, and I'm Mike Babchuk. We were given 30 seconds to describe our show, Morning Men, on Mad Dog Sports Radio, so I'll ask you some questions, and you give me the answers. What do we do for fun? You go to the diner with your family. Me? I drink and forget I have a family. Biggest crush? You? Tom Brady. Me? Anyone in yoga pants. What do we want to do more of? You? Talk about what happened the night before in the world of sports. Me? I would like to do more of my wife. (laughs) I think we just ran out of time. Morning Men, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM 82, and the Sirius XM app. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Rev TV Canada, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, and by GetRackHunter.com. Race Time Radio. Only on Sirius XM 167. We get you closer. If you're looking for miles per gallon, you're definitely at the wrong place. Maybe a few channels up or a few channels down, you'll find it. But this is Race Time Radio. I think I like it too. Welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. We are going to go back to the hotline. I have been looking so forward to talking to our next guest, uh, Jeff Cutler. Uh, you'll know the name if you're into short track racing here in the province of Ontario, and you probably have, uh, well, you've definitely seen the fruits of his labors. Uh, Jeff, a spotter in this industry, and he has worked for some of the best uh, in Jason Hathaway in the NASCAR Pinty Series, and uh, he has got actually, uh, he's got checkered flags in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series with Johnny Sauter. Uh Jeff Gottlier made his Indianapolis 500 debut today with James Hinchcliffe, uh, driver of the number 29, and we are fortunate enough to have Jeff Gottlier with us tonight, live on Race Time Radio. What's going on there, Jeffrey? How are you? Hey, guys. How are you tonight? Hey, Fantastic. You, you're fully okay if you correct him on how to say your last name. Gottlier. 
Gutler. Gutler. No. Yeah. Oh. He's going to correct you. Okay, correct. Now, he's he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. He won't do it, right? <laughs> but but I've been corrected by other people that I say your last name wrong and I I just I've always called you Gottlier cuz that's that's who you are, man. It's, it's I mean it's I call Gressel Gressel and it's actually Grizel. <laughs> Jeffrey, how was your day, man? It would have been uh, a dream come true, I can well imagine. Yeah, it was. It uh you know, there was a lot even leading up to uh, to getting to this day. They uh, they really spread this deal out. Uh, we did a uh, a two day test back in in April. Uh, I was down for that, and then uh, we did uh, a bunch of testing yesterday or uh, earlier in the week. Um, so there was a lot actually getting to this to today, but um, I definitely learned a lot. It was a uh, definitely an experience, and it's it's a it's a big big event, and, and uh, it's uh, definitely glad to have the opportunity to uh, participate in it today. So, uh, Jeff, tell us what's it like trying to spot for an Indy car at uh, well the most iconic race in the world, the Indianapolis 500, uh, where the guys are out there popping laps at 200 and I don't know 227 miles per hour somewhere around that vicinity and. Uh, today, when I seen the start of the race, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they started three wide. Uh, what's yeah, that kind of like? Yeah, yeah, they do. In, in this, in this, in the, in the configuration of of Indy being uh, 2.5 miles, we actually use two, and uh, we've got to turn one spotter, and then uh, and I was in turn three. Um, so basically, I I pick the cars up uh, in two. And then carrying them uh, over to four, and then I would hand off to uh, to the guy in, in turn one. But it's uh, it's quite a bit different. You know, you know, everything I've done before was all full body stock cars, and, and now we come to these, and and you're looking, you know, well over a mile. Uh, number one, you have to pick the the correct car up, um, and that's as scary as it sounds. It's the actual truth is is a lot of these cars, when they're way down, they. Uh, they, they tend to, to look alike. So uh, uh, a couple we had today was like Montoya was, was very close to our paint scheme, and even Marco Andretti was pretty close. But even once you, once you get squared away and figure out which one's yours, yeah. uh, then you, for us, or at least for me, was trying to figure out, you know, when runs are coming, because um, typically I've, I've got fenders and, and, and windshields and stuff to, to kind of gauge well, you don't have that here. You got the top of the windscreen, and that's pretty much it for for runs. Um, so that was that was kind of the, the biggest biggest difference, I would think, um, from spotting anything else. That when the, when you work turn three, you're, you're also getting them off the short shoot and, and off like we do a pit stop, and getting them up to speed. The uh, how quickly they can get up to speed was was something else to kind of get used to. Um, Usually with full-bodied cars, you, you get a car come off pit road and blend off of two. You know you're going to blend in with someone in one. Where with these Indy cars, they're you know quarter of a straight back, and you're you're right to up to speed with everyone else. So uh, speed-wise, yeah, it's, it was pretty it's, it's pretty quick. <laughs> but it was, uh, all in all, it was a, a good good learning experience. Now there is a lot of information that goes from the spotter to the driver. Uh, uh, it, it's uh, it's always uh, amazed me when I've listened to radio traffic between a driver and a spotter. 
how much uh, information that the driver actually retains from a driver's meeting or from uh, different meetings, uh, they rely a lot on the spotter uh, to refresh their memory or actually, uh, you know, uh, point out different things. Uh, and it, what's that? what was that kind of like for you today uh, really, w- w- with the really, Indy guys? It really wasn't pretty much different than, than doing any other deal. Um, you're still trying to trying to paint that picture. Um, when it comes to where we're running and stuff like that, um, uh, the strategist, or, or as we know it in regular open or in, in, in full body cars, the crew chief, uh, he'd also play a, an active uh, uh, part on you know what needed to be done, who we were running with. So it was kind of easier for me as a spotter not having to rely on who we're racing and and what position we are um that that portion was different she kind of had a, a third person in kind of feeding information uh into the mix so it was uh, just that was i guess maybe something else that was a little bit different that uh, normally we wouldn't have to have to deal with uh, it was great to see fans back at the racetrack today. Uh, uh, the, the the most iconic race uh, that will that we see every year has got to be that Indy 500, and to see those fans in the stands must have been uh, just amazing for you being there the first time, or was that your first time to Indy? Have you seen a race this, there? This was my first uh, first Indy 500. Yeah, it was. And just you know, I mentioned earlier about the uh, all the practice sessions that we had uh, uh, last week, and like we had six hours straight sessions, and the fans that would come out just for that and would be there from the time they dropped the green to the, the check, it was just I was just blown away. Um, and then every day that we would go back, there was more and more and more people. Um, tonight, the, the kind of the joke was, yeah, it was, there was supposed to be uh, limited to forty percent, but if you had a look at those fans, there was a heck of a lot more than forty percent. Uh, there, there was a there was a, a good sized crowd there. But you're absolutely right that it, uh, it was really really good to, to see people back in the stand in, in the stands, and uh, um, hopefully that's the direction we we still keep going. Yeah, wouldn't that be? Uh, and hopefully that is. Uh, this pandemic has to end, and it has to end real soon. Jeff, we are right at the top of the hour. I got to throw it back to Sirius XM to do a. Quick 90-second news update, and then we come back for hour two. Can I get you to hang around with us sure, on thanks. the other side of that? I know Junior and I got a ton of questions for you. Sure. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so you may not hear much here over the 90 seconds, but we will bring you back up shortly. Okay. We are going to throw it back to Toronto right now, get you up to date on all those uh, that news. And we will come back for hour number two right here live tonight on Race Time Radio. Stay with us. We will be back. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM Channel 167. Race Time Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Also by APX Racewear, the motorsports leader in custom crew apparel and fire suits. Also by the Wooden Door Bistro. Broadcasting live from the track. We're here to get trophies. Never give up, baby. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90 is your home for all things NASCAR. The yellow lights come on. Oh. Perfect! Woo! 
things happening so fast. Every race. Hard contact into the safer barrier. Exclusive interviews. This is more than just a job. We don't get caught up in being famous. The only broadcasting outlet in the world. Delivering NASCAR 24-7, 365. Thank you, you are the man. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Channel 90. <laughs> With the two Joes here on Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167, where Canada talks. And just like that, hour two begins tonight here, live on Race Time Radio. Uh, so glad you could tune in tonight. On the hotline, uh, we continue the IndyCar talk uh, with Jeff Gutler. He was the spotter today for our, our Canada's mayor, of course, uh, James Hinchcliffe in the number 29 car. Uh, and Jeff made his Indianapolis debut from the spotter stand. And uh, Jeff, uh, can you believe that the day has now come and gone? I know a ton of preparation that goes into, uh, from what we see as race fans, into the Indy 500. It's got to be just amazing to be part of that team uh, can you believe it's you know come and gone? Yeah, it's uh, I've been I've been waiting for it for, for a while, and and uh, it's been a long day. Just part of the part of the whole deal is uh, that the team tells you because of the the traffic. And I got there at I think I was there at like quarter after six this morning. So uh, and some of the crew members got there at uh, at four thirty. Um, that's just part of the deal, and and uh, uh, so the day did kind of. It was, it was a long day, but once we got at it, it the race itself actually uh, it, it scooted along pretty good. And, and uh, but no, it's uh, it, it's it's good now to, to kind of sit back and, and watch a Charlotte race and just kind of decompress a little bit and and get ready to to fly home tomorrow. So not only did you get a chance to go to you know the Indy 500, but uh, you, you left a while back, and obviously you know you, you didn't get a chance to fly back and forth. Uh, so you spent a lot of time down there. But uh, um, to kind of rewind a little bit back to your test session, uh, you didn't you you went from Indy to Nashville, the Nashville Fairgrounds. Uh, you spotted for for uh, an ARCA race there. Uh, you got a chance to spot for a uh, Indy Light over at IRP. You got to do the Little 500 over at Anderson, and then as well, you got to do a little bit of ARCA racing at Toledo. Um, you got to travel around quite a bit while you were down there. Um, talk a little bit about the other racing, uh, you know, that took place. Uh, you got to work with a bunch of really cool drivers and and uh, uh, really cross off a lot of uh, a lot of races off the bucket list. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been kind of a crazy last uh, few weeks. Uh, uh, we started off down in Nashville, what three little well, be over three weeks now. May eighth. Did the uh, did the Arca race down there uh, with Max Gutierrez out of uh, out of Mexico? Uh, that was the same team, Red Jones Racing, that uh, we actually won uh, down in New Smyrna um, during Speed Weeks. So I did that deal there, and then uh, I drove up here, and because of COVID, you can't go home. So I actually had a, a week of downtime before we actually started testing here. Um, but during that uh, during that test, uh, I was able to sneak away up to up to Toledo and did uh, did an ARCA race up there uh, with Cole Williams, and then uh, drove right back as soon as we were done because uh, we had testing back here in Indy. 
the next day, and uh, and then I was able to do uh, uh, a uh, a kid from Indiana here, first time ever on a oval. Um, it's part of the uh, Road to Indy program, the USF 2000. Um, we did that uh, out at IRP, and then last night went up and uh, uh, first time again to, to Anderson for the uh, with the with the midgets for the for the little 500. It's just like the the 500 here. They uh, they start three wide, and that's a wicked wild little track. If you ever get a chance to go there, that's 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 pretty wild. Unfortunately, with Eric Gordon last night, we did drop out uh, with a brake issue around 100 laps in. But uh, um, that's that's been pretty much everything uh, uh, that we've we've done. It's been it's been pretty pretty crazy. And again, I, I'm lucky enough to be able to do it. Like I say, I'm just a freight salesman from Chatham, Ontario. I was waiting so, for it. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for you yeah, to say I'm that. I'm just a freight salesman from Chatham, Ontario. And, and to be honest, if it wasn't for my wife looking after our logistics business at home. I wouldn't be able to do any of this, so uh, definitely hats off to her, and and uh, um, I wouldn't be able to do any of this without uh, without her looking after the office, and and uh, so yeah, I jump on a plane tomorrow, go home, and I'm back uh, I'm back at the office and, and doing my regular gig. So the alarm will go off, and you will wake up, right? Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. But you know, I never take early morning flights. You always got to do the, the the noon and after. Absolutely, that happens early in the morning. That's what you have to do for sure. Jeff, uh, talk a little bit uh, about the uh, uh, about the Arcus side of things. Um, do you have uh, Do you have more on the on the horizon there with uh, with Rhett? I know that you've uh, you've got a chance to uh, to get some good finishes. Obviously, the win earlier on in the year. Um, they, they're not going to want to let you go. Well, it's. <laughs> Again, a lot depends on on really what happens at home. It's it's been kind of a uh, a nightmare trying to to orchestrate and, and do everything. Um, I know with with Max and, and his team out of out of Mexico, uh, we've got a pretty good rapport going, and I've been doing all their non companion uh, races, but in non companion with when they run with with Cup. Um, so really, to be honest, beyond today. I really haven't really looked at what uh, what I can do and what I can't do, and um, you know, you know. Ultimately, we want to get back to, uh, to running some penny series races, and uh, you know, there's so much up in the air. I, I I really don't know. One of the spotters that we that I see all the time, he says, "When's your next one?" I, says, I really don't know. <laughs> we just kind of until we kind of figure things out on where we are and what we can do. Uh, I guess that's ultimately going to dictate what uh, what the next gig is. Yeah, and that's the way it is uh, right now uh, up here in Canada. Everything is sort of in the air, uh, depending on what province you're in, uh, when things are going to fire up. Uh, good to hear that Newfoundland got under the green flag today and got their season opener, uh, you know, officially in. Uh, you move over into New Brunswick, and uh, those guys got fired up at uh, Speedway 660 a couple weeks ago, but then they're put back on pause now, I do believe. Uh, where things are being held up. Uh, it's just, we're all over the map up here in Canada. And watching today's Indianapolis 500, seeing the fans in the stands and uh, feeling the energy. Man, I could feel the energy just watching it on television today. And I thought, wow, how cool is this? It kind of felt like 2019 
uh, where, you know, things are all getting generated. It must have been off the chart for you down there, standing on top of the world, watching uh, and participating and doing what you were doing with Hinge. Uh, how, how did Hinge do today? Did he feel good when he got out of the car after it was all done? He was he was real, real good. And you talk about a guy that's just real down to earth. We uh, um, we had our, our strategy meeting with the with the engineers and the strategists this morning, and just kind of going over everything. And he's just laid back and calm, like he's gonna go watch a ball game. You know, just a super, super, super nice guy. Um, couldn't ask for for anyone uh, better to 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 work with for the first five hundred. Um, uh, just a super, super guy. So now he was they really struggled with the balance on the car. Um, kind of got it a little bit towards the end we didn't have a lot of cautions unfortunately so we didn't have a lot of opportunity to uh, to make changes um we got to our first first stop we just we did we stopped a little bit early and then we got a caution got the wave around but we still stayed on the lead lap and uh, yeah you know i believe we were 21st uh that doesn't show you know where you where you want to be however just the way the way the race uh, played out, uh, we didn't get a lot of opportunities to uh, to make gains. I think uh, by the end we knew what we needed to do. We just didn't have the opportunity to do it. Well, I know on uh, I believe it was the first round of pit stops. I could be wrong there. It might have been the second round, but uh, you guys came in, pitted. Uh, he had a good pit stop. The team uh, did an awesome job. It was uh, I believe it was six point eight second pit stop. So it was a good stop. Out under the track he went, and then the caution came out. I kind of thought that was going to set you guys in really good track position and setting, uh, but it didn't work out. So I didn't know whether you guys didn't make it off pit road or uh, I couldn't quite figure it out, but they weren't focused in on James long enough for us to uh, at home to be able to pick up on uh, – you know what the implications of that right. stop would have been, but I, I thought, man, this is going to be real good here. A lot of the, the problem with that first one, um, everyone was trying to stretch fuel, um, us included a little bit, and the timing of that caution really played uh, uh, some teams bad hands. And, and our teammate Alexander Rossi was was one of them that they were uh, they run out of fuel. Dixon ran out of fuel. Um, so I, then, what, then the issue had uh, that race control had was trying to re-line everyone up. It was kind of a little bit of a nightmare um, trying to get everything done. But that's actually the caution, or the uh, you know caution where we went down a lap, uh, but we didn't get the wave around um, before we went back green. So that got us back on the uh, on the lead lap. And uh, um, but yeah, that was uh, that was that was a little bit uh, of a, a challenge trying to. Trying to figure all that out, and I know race control had their uh, had their hands full trying to figure that out. So, if you're just tuned into Race Time Radio, welcome aboard. Uh, we are talking Indy 500 uh, today with uh, Jeff Gottler. He is a spotter. He spotted for James Hinchcliffe today uh, at Indianapolis. Uh, first time spotting for an Indy car at the Indy 500. Was that your first spotting job at w- with an Indy car at all? This time that around, yeah, I knew not, nothing about these, and then that's another thing you, you could talk about some of the differences. You know, with with our full body cars and stuff, we always, you know, we'll say two back to the three car or the seven car, or whatever. Here, they don't use car numbers; they use names. So not only did I have to figure out, you know, the cars, but who's also driving them? 
as you all say, two back to whoever the guy, or in this case with Samoa, uh, the lady that was driving, you just have also have to know who uh, who's actually physically driving it. So lots of lots of differences, uh, and that's what makes experience. Jeff, the cool part is you have earned your way uh, to the top uh, and, and doing what you did today. Will it translate into more races, do you think, with you and James, uh, w- with that team? I, well, with the team itself, well, they, we, uh, we all had a, a drink after, and they did ask me if I would be interested in coming back, and I said I would be open to it. Um, so these deals here, they're just kind of a, a one-off for, for here. This is the only time they really use two spotters. When they're on road courses, most of them, besides the Ganassi, don't even use spotters. So the only time they ever use spotters is on ovals, um, and they only have the one. So uh, you just never, ever know, but I, I highly doubt it. I, I, uh, I think it's probably just kind of a one-time-a-year uh, one deal, um, but I guess you, you just never, ever know. Now, Alex Nagy coined you as hashtag Canada's spotter. Are you going to get a tattoo that says that? Yeah. No. Are you, I think no. you should. I think you should. I, that, that, that's, a, that's a heck of a coin right there. You should get what what you should get is uh, you know you you know up on the up on the spotter perch where there's the bar you know across across where you're standing you know where you write your pit road speed and all that good stuff you should get stickers made up and it should say hashtag Canada Spotter that's that's what uh, that's what you should have made up Jeffrey. I'll keep playing it low key. <laughs> I like it. I like it high key. You know it's, you gotta you gotta turn that key up a little bit. Well, it definitely <laughs> looks good on your resume, uh, doing all the different disciplines that you've spotted. Uh, uh, what so far? Look back on all the different races and all the different uh, personalities that you have worked with. Do you got a favorite? Does uh, this IndyCar one rank right up there with the favorites? Or uh, how about it from your eyes? Riley Herbst. It does, you know, but, you know, I guess I still feel home with EHR, to be honest, and, and working with Speedy. Uh, that was always good. I know he's retired, and, and uh, um, but you know, it's uh, I always like uh, I I know I I do better as a spotter if you gel with a with a good driver. There's been some I have and some I haven't, and those that I have, we hit it off real good. Um, and you know, that's I guess Speed was probably one of the first ones that really did gel good with, and uh, and and EHI still feel his home and. and uh, um, and we look forward to, to getting back there. But uh, but James himself and, and the whole team, uh, Brian Barnhart, who was our strategist, uh, Bobby Dizel was our turn one guy. Um, I felt really at home there. Uh, the guys at Andretti uh, treated me very, very well. Um, so, uh, um, no, I, it, that, uh, the steel here ranks right up there with, uh, with all the other ones that I've, uh, that I've done. Well, I'll tell you what, it added another layer for guys like me and uh, Junior that uh, that know you, Jeff, and to, uh, you know, know that you were there today participating with James Hinchcliffe, one of our uh, one of our Canadian guys, uh, uh, just super. Another Canadian in the field, driver the number four. Uh, did you guys get a chance to uh, catch up with anybody else, or were you pretty well just jammed with what you were doing? We're pretty much just jammed with, with- what are doing it's it's so crazy and, and chaotic around there that we just for, at least for me i was kind of focused on 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 what uh, uh what i had to do and and uh, we did our deal and then kind of head off to our own direction to to get ready because it is 
a little bit of a struggle trying to get in and around there, even though it was supposed to be 40 percent. But it was it was uh, it was pretty busy, so uh, um, I didn't uh, I didn't really uh, get out to see a lot outside of that. I, I did take a, a walk down pit road, took a picture with the car um, today, and uh, and did that. But outside of that, I really didn't see much of pit road or front stretch or, or anything. Well, I'll tell you what, dynamite stuff. It was a great race today. Uh, too bad you couldn't watch it because you had to focus in on one car, but it was a good race. You'll have to go back and watch the tape. I could hear the, I could hear the crowd. Uh, anytime that there was any, uh, any type of a change for the lead, the crowd went wild. You know, instantly I'm thinking, well, there's a wreck or something. Um, the crowd would just go wild. That was one thing, you know, another thing that the, I kind of taken away from today was how, how much did the, crowd really gets into this uh, this deal and, and anytime there was a challenge for the lead they were they were right up on their feet awesome stuff jeff this has been great catching up with you uh you deserved uh, a, a little break now you can kick back and watch that coke 600 and uh you, i know we look forward to seeing you again when you get back up home here and we get the nascar penny series all fired up i'll be looking for you at the racetrack and i know junior will be uh uh, looking forward to needling. Uh, you two guys really uh, have a lot of fun out there. <laughs> yeah, you got to have fun. And, and that was the one thing we even mentioned in our meeting today. We got to have fun. Just, uh, that's, that's what we need to do. So, uh, yeah, we definitely look forward to getting home and, and seeing all, uh, seeing everyone at home and getting back to the track and, and doing some pennies uh, racing here soon. Did anybody ask you if Pit Road was open? Uh, no. See, you, no. you're more loved up here. You're more loved up here. That's the way that it works. <laughs> Incredible. Jeff, thanks so much for the time tonight on Race Time. Uh, Travel safe, and uh, we've got to thank Mandy, too, for helping uh, line everything up for tonight. Uh, 100%. She's a lifesaver. You betcha, buddy. Have safe travels, and we'll catch you back up here. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You betcha. That's Jeff Gutler. Uh, He had a busy day with with Canada's mayor, James Hinchcliffe, and uh, great guy, great guy, great team. And, you know, Junior, when I think back, and I did today on Twitter, uh, when you look at those driver-spotter combinations, um, one that came to mind today was uh, Alex Nagy and Alex Tagliani. Uh, that was back in, what, 2011. Uh, it was the 100th running of the Indy 500. And Tagliani had the pole that year. A good combination. A couple of Canadian guys go down there and do big things. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when you when you look at, uh, you know, the uh, Jeff touched on it, the, the chemistry portion, when you get to work with somebody that you actually click with, um, it means it means the world for sure. And, uh, you know, I, James Hinchcliffe is, is obviously a, you know, a, a very laid back guy. He's down to earth. He's he's personable. Um, you know, I could see them working together really well. You know, Jeff is uh, uh, that way as well. You know, um, it's uh, it, it's it's awesome. He's been, uh, you know, I, I've learned a lot from Jeff. He's a, he's a great guy. And, and uh, you know, I. I, I love seeing the success, but also I, you know, I, I love competing against the guy. That's the, you know, when you stand up there and you know that that guy's got, you know, 
all that experience and and uh you know you you know that uh you know that he's calling everything that's possibly happening uh he's one of those guys that uh you know when you're racing around them too um there's a lot to be said you know in the spotter stand you know when you're spotting for a guy um and, and you you trust the other spotter and the the amount of information that they're giving right um you know there's there's a lot to be said you know obviously the drivers you know around each other need to trust each other but as well the spotters need to too you got to sure. kind of gauge what what information the driver is getting that you're racing around and and you know he, he's one of those guys where you can trust what he's saying <laughs> and yeah. and you can trust what what you're you're saying to your own driver um and uh you know it's it's uh He's a fierce competitor and and uh, uh, just a lot of fun to spot against and and uh, you know I I love ribbing the guy he's he's been a he's been a great dude and and uh, it's it's a lot of fun but uh, that dude there he's getting he's getting the the miles you know really oh, yeah. when you look at the Canadian spotters out there he's uh, he's racking it up and uh, and you know he's he's been doing it for years you know you think back to some of the truck wins that he got and and uh, some of the non companion stuff that uh, he's had the opportunity opportunity to do uh through the xfinity series the truck series now indycar and and uh you know the 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 numbers keep on stacking up there um and he's he's definitely you know making noise down south of the border um and uh you know you look at at you know crew guys in general you know you, you think of guys like cole pern you think of guys like um like jeff gottler who's who's turning numbers and and getting out there and 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 uh you know really making an impact in the the entire sport not just with one driver or one team uh but but really making an impact across the board so he's uh he's definitely a a, a staple in the sport that's the cool part about this sport. You know, you don't have to be the guy that drives the car necessarily to be involved. 100%. Uh, there is all kinds of ways that you can be involved in in racing. It doesn't matter, um, you know, where you are. If you've yeah. got a love for this sport and you want to put the time in yeah. and you want to earn your way through – uh, you start out at your Saturday night racetrack and you start out, you know, with that four cylinder guy or whatever, the beginning class, and you work with the team all the way through. And I can tell you right now, coast to coast, uh, it doesn't matter, Canada, U.S., uh, every team is always looking for more help. And you can get involved. Uh, you get involved. You go to your Saturday night racetrack, get into the pit area. And start talking. Start talking to people. Yep. And I'm telling you right now, you can be part of this sport. And I look at guys like Jeff. I look at you, Junior. Uh, you all started somewhere. And yeah. you started with Saturday Night Racing. And I know you, uh, you your high watermark, if you will, is when you spotted in the Cup Series down there uh, helping out Big uh, uh, D. Yep. Uh, you guys right at... Uh, at uh, down in New York at um, Watkins Glen. Watkins Glen. And, yep. you, you know, know you, you think you about you think about you know getting involved with the sport and and really you know the you never really turn off the fact that you're a race fan. You just turn off the fact that you're not going to the track as a fan. Um, you, you know, you once you commit to a team. You just have to do what you commit to do. So, you know, when you when you think about it, you go to a local track, um, and and you know the the best guy on the racetrack 
can use more help. <laughs> you know, sure. it, it, the the worst guy on the racetrack can use more help. Um, you know, everybody can use help. It's just if 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 you're the right fit for the team. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because really. At all different levels, whether it be, you know, street stocks, whether it be late models, whether it be, you know, uh, uh, midgets or, or sprint cars, everybody that's there, you know, has got a need for people that can do things. You don't need to know how to do things. You need to know you need to be moldable and you need to you need to that's learn right. um, and you need to have the ability to learn. Uh, teams don't necessarily want somebody who knows everything. And and for the general, for the for the most part, every team doesn't want somebody who comes in thinking they know everything. Um, they want somebody that they can mold and mesh with and 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 learn and and teach and and kind of go from there. And uh, you know that's the the name of the game. Get your get your feet wet. Get started. Learn and 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 kind of grow within the sport. And you know w- w- you touched on it a little bit. Um, you know when when you look at at the need. For people, um, I've had this conversation with Rick Verburn, with Jeff, with you know, lots of different people within the sport. I get the same. Now, I've only ever won a junior late model race, right, as a driver, but I get the same excitement if my driver wins, whether I'm spotting for a late model, whether I'm spotting for a pennies car. You know, you get the same excitement sure. when you win um that you do when you're driving. Now it's it's different because you don't have the adrenaline per se because of the G forces and those different things, but you have the intensity level equal to that or more so. Whether you're a tire changer, whether you are a ge- general mechanic, whether you're a spotter, whether you're a crew chief, uh whether you're the truck driver, whether you're the PR person, um all the different people within the sport, um you get the same level of excitement when your driver wins you get the same level of dejection when your driver crashes or when your driver does you know something bad you get the same level of intensity when there's a controversy um whether you're the driver or whether you're the 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 truck driver or the cook or whatever it may be you get that same level of intensity and uh you know being a part of a crew um you know is 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 equal to that of of being a part of any team that's out there on the spotter or on the on the sports side um in, in even more so on the motorsport side just because you if you execute your role and everybody on the team executes their role you've got a good shot at winning the race and and uh going from there so yeah and it works cool. the same even if you're not part of a race team uh, you can always be part of your local Saturday night track from an official standpoint or you know working on the uh on the cleanup crew on the infield uh, there is so many different uh, aspects to this sport that um there really no one gets left behind if you want to be part of this sport um, the sport will be better with you than yes. uh, without you. So I just thought I'd throw that in. We're going to hit a break. When we come back, off to BC we'll go, and we're going to talk to Trevor Siebert. We'll get a Penticton Speedway update on how things are progressing out there on Canada's West Coast at that short track. Stay with us. <laughs> Bonjour Bruno Gaillette, Gazman de la voiture numéro 27. Vous écoutez Race Time Radio. Race Time Radio is brought to you by 
the Quality Inn, Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Also by APX Racewear, the motorsports leader in custom crew apparel and fire suits. Mad Dog Sports Radio is opinionated, passionate sports talk with a bite from the hijinks of the morning man. I bet your parents do too. They go big bulk shopping. Hey, I got 50 jars of dump sauce. To the insight of Adam Shine. Bill Belichick is the best coach in the history of sports. Not NFL. Sports. And the animated energy of the Mad Dog himself, Mad Dog. Christopher Russo. It's the channel to talk about your favorite sports team. Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, or anytime on the SiriusXM app. Rev TV is Canada's own motorsports network, featuring live races and rallies from around the world and right here at home. Rev TV is your destination for motorsports action 24 7. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, Port Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, and Indiganish, Nova Scotia. Also by APX Racewear and Quickwick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. Fox News Headlines 24-7 is on Sirius XM with headlines every 15 I'm Kevin Brincone. I'm Therese Crowley. I'm Jim McKay. A channel that delivers your world news, business, what's trending in digital, entertainment, and sports. Your news in a way you've never heard before with headlines every 15 minutes. Fox News Headlines 24-7. All the information you need. Ready when you are. From America's News Headquarters. Sirius XM Channel 115. Or listen on the Sirius XM app. Taking you all the way to the track and back. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. So glad you could tune in tonight on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. Or maybe you're tuned in throughout the course of the week on the PerformanceMotorsportNetwork.com. Welcome to all of you, or 98.9. XFM Andy Ganesh, or how about Gearhead Country Radio? All those different places uh, you can hear Race Time Radio uh, throughout the course of the week. But of course, live on Sirius XM every Sunday night uh, from 7 to 9, just like you're listening right now. But let's go off to Canada's West Coast and bring in a good friend to Race Time Radio. We got Trevor Siebert on the other end of this hotline, if I've done my job correctly. What's going on tonight there, Mr. Trevor? How are you? Hey, how you, how you guys doing? Good to be on your show again. How are things going at Penticton Speedway? How's the rebuild coming? Well, you know it's funny. Um, I, I had to I had to miss the uh, the five hundred today, and and I had to miss um, you know the rest of your show because I was out pushing dirt around <laughs> all afternoon with the guys, and uh, you know working really hard to try and get this race back, racetrack back in uh, kind of a condition that we can actually run a race. So, um, oh, it's going good, you know, lots of progress. Um, you know, like I say, dirt flying everywhere, dust everywhere, and uh, but that's just typical construction. And, you know, I always like to say that it always looks like one heck of a mess going on. You wonder how it's ever going to finish. But uh, then all of a sudden it really seems to come together in a big hurry. So we're about, uh, I don't know, about seven days away from paving this place. And um, 
having the fence up, the catch fence up, and and you know at least being in a position that we can put cars on the track and start practicing and and well try out what we what we built since we made so many changes as well. Uh, so the timeline, Trevor, is uh, pretty well where you wanted it. Uh, you're you're hitting uh, all the dates and times that you need to. We are, you know. Um... You know, COVID has, has um, you know, in, in one way, obviously, it's really hurt uh, racing in uh, in general, but uh, it's afforded us an opportunity to do a bunch of the construction during the season that normally you just couldn't do it. So, um, so yes, we, we're, we're going to hit our date, um, but, we, you know, we've been working seven days a week to do, so it's a tall order. Um, there's a lot of things that um, they're going to kind of come on stream, uh, you know, as – as we're on the track, you know, the surface of the track, the, you know, the, the, the pit lane, uh, that type of stuff, the catch fence, the lighting will all be up and operational first. And then, uh, you know, things like parking lots and retaining walls, uh, a good portion of the grandstand stuff, the concession stuff, that's all yet to come. But, um, you know, we just focus on getting the facility open to be able to run cars again. And, and, uh, like I say, the, the thing with COVID out here, I mean, well, it's, it's everywhere, obviously, but, I mean, different rules depending on what jurisdiction you're in. But it looks like they're opening things up that uh, by July we'll at least be able to put, um, you know, a percentage of the capacity back in the grandstand, which is which is really good news. We're certainly looking forward to that. Yeah, and that's what we all need, guaranteed. How about the competitor base there, Trev? Is, uh, are, are the competitors now, I bet you they're anxious to uh, see the uh, the progress, to see, you know, the, the, a lot of fans have been at Penticton Speedway over the years, and a lot of competitors, they got to be all getting excited and checking in. Uh, how is the competitor base looking? Well, I'll tell you, it, it's a, it's it's great that you asked that question because it was only uh, a couple hours ago I had another couple of uh, drivers, uh, father son team, drop in and say hello and introduce themselves to me and and uh, you know tell us how excited they are about what we're doing. But uh, the interesting thing is is that I I'm getting on average probably seven or eight drivers every day, and I'm not talking the same ones over and over. And every day there's there's seven or eight you know drivers that show up and um, say hello introduce themselves a lot of the guys I know a lot of the people I don't know you know and uh, but every single day and they're and they're so excited for what's going on and and the general theme is it's like I hope you guys understand how excited we are out here in the in the competitor community talking about what's going on up here uh, at Penticton and and what you guys are doing we think it's awesome uh, I hope you know the kind of support that's that's brewing. Uh, people putting cars together that that they're either building new cars or they're dragging cars out that have been parked behind the barn for years. Uh, and I've heard it from you know from so many of the drivers directly where they say, "Look, I I haven't raced in years, but this is so exciting that I think I'm going to go build a car again. And, and if I'm not, I'm I'm going to be part of a team in some fashion for sure. So so good on you guys. Really appreciate it. And whatever you need. From us as the driver community, competitors, uh, just say it. We're here for you. That's uh, that's amazing to hear, right? It's uh, you think back. Uh, I think back to you know the um, you know the first time that that I seen you know kind of that influx um, was was when Sobble Speedway repaved, right? Like going back to going back to you know when I was a kid. Um, the year that Sobble Speedway repaved, uh, that year was just massive, right? The amount of people that, that 
you know, got excited about it. And that was just a reskin. Um, it wasn't, you know, a, an overhaul of the facility. This is a this is a complete rebuild. But fast forward a couple of years from there, uh, and Kawartha Speedway was built, and the amount of excitement that that went into that was huge. And um, you know, fast forward again a couple of years, and and Sunset Speedway was completely rebuilt, and and the influx of, of people was was absolutely astounding with that with that portion. And then Jucasa, right? So like when you see a racetrack actually. Uh, invest in the infrastructure and and change and and build and and make improvements. Um, it, uh, it it's something that's really special within the community. And and uh, Trevor, the the exciting part is is you're a racer. You've been through that. You've seen that yourself. And and uh, I can only imagine the the cool little you know uh, magic sprinkles of of things that are going into that facility that that are going to make it better long term and and uh, you know be able to sustain. Um, one one question that that jumps off the page to me, um, you know, w- rewind a couple of weeks. We had a um, a competitor on that had just raced on on six sixty speedway. They laid down fresh asphalt on the bottom, and the racers, you know, got out there for night number one, and it ended up tearing up the asphalt. It ended up hurting the asphalt throughout the race, and it was all fresh. Um, we've heard the horror stories a couple of times uh, throughout the, um, you know, throughout the racing industry when a racetrack repaves or changes the surface um, and, and you know, the, the race cars that go out there end up, you know, tearing up or pushing the asphalt away or doing something like that. How, how do you stop that from happening? And, and, and number two, um, you know, with it, you know, you guys are, are repaving and then kind of kicking off in the same year. Uh, how do you stop that from happening uh, with your facility? Well, it, you know, it's an excellent question, and it's funny that you bring it up because uh, Al Liebert, uh, who's going to be the GM of, of the facility as well as running Avion Motorsports still and, and building all the rs one he just got off a plane, and he, like, I, I, I just left him to come and, and make this phone call with you guys, and, uh, and you know, he brought the same concern with me and said, you know, what are we going to do? Like, uh, we're, we're going to, you're going <laughs> to literally be paving this thing seven or eight days before you put a car on the track, and is it going to be a problem? And I said, well, you know, it is most definitely a, a big concern. Um, you know, a couple of things that you can do to try and, at least alleviate the, the, the problem, is um, the type of asphalt that you use. So if you use what's called a polymer-modified asphalt, you get a lot better wearing properties. It's a lot more uh, elasticity in the asphalt to begin with. I'm hoping to be able to use that. Now, it's not a big paving job that we're doing. We're, we're patching stuff in. It's probably 25% of the track gets repaved gotcha. for now. Um, so... Of course, it's that area that we have to be concerned about. So if I can get the, the, the right asphalt oil, which normally wouldn't be a problem. Like when I did Area 27, well, you just bring it in by the tanker load because you're using so much. But if, if, if I can get my hands on that, um, that's one of the things. The other thing is your asphalt mix and your mix design. Um, we used at Area 27, for example, we used a lot more what's called manufactured fine. So the, the for layman terms, the sand product that you use inside your asphalt, instead of using a natural sand, which is round, you use a manufactured one. You take a boulder and you keep crushing it down until it's sand, so you have angular particles in your mix. So that helps us bind together quite a bit better as well. Um, that we can certainly do. Um, the other thing is, you know, there's some things you can do with the, with the fresh um, um, 
mat of asphalt, such as uh, cement powder or even some even some uh, some lime that type of stuff to put on there, just to do a couple things to kind of dry up the uh, the top surface so you don't get the kind of traction that you would hope that you would get. So it's it's a it's a bit of a um, one of those things where you, you kind of go the opposite way of what you're trying to achieve, um, and that is to, to lighten up the traction of the track itself for at least a period of time that your asphalt has an opportunity to, to cure. Um, the other thing that comes to mind that we can do is, um, you know, it's, it's the Okanagan. I mean, it's basically a desert, so we can get some really high temperatures, uh, you know, right up into the 40s um, over here. So keeping an eye on the weather. Uh, you know, if, if it's going to be a, a substantially uh, hot day or days for the for our original or our first part of our schedule, then we'll look at moving a lot of what we do in, in, and crunch it into the evening only. You know, when we've got lower temperatures, because it's it's the heat that really kills you. Gotcha. So if you got fresh asphalt and you got a lot of heat and you got sun beating down on it. Uh, it, it just comes apart, like what you're talking about. But it for sure is a concern. Um, like I say, I've got a few tricks up my sleeve that I'm going to try um, to do. The other thing is, too, and it sounds really simple, but even watering down the track, um, not while they're running, but just prior to, because it'll evaporate quickly when it's hot, but just to cool the track temperature down, mm-hmm. um, you know, th- that type of thing. Um, just a bit of planning can go a long ways. But I do, I've heard all the horror stories. I've seen them firsthand. Um, so it is a concern. Well, it's crazy to think about, right? Like when you, when you think you like a, a horror story that jumps off the page to me is Cayuga, right? Like you, you've Back talked about it. Yeah. yeah. Cayuga Speedway had, um, repaved and then the first vehicles that were on it were the, the big rigs, right? The big rig trucks that, that always raced at Cayuga and it pushed that asphalt right up the wall. It right? did. It, about, uh, about a it, foot and it, a half it, it right slid, up the wall. It slid yeah. the asphalt right off. And you know, I, 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 you look at it and and uh obviously you know you've got years of there's no better guy to be to that's be right. changing the the you know the landscape and doing that sort of thing than somebody that's in the construction industry it's not like you were uh you were a banker and and now you're you're gonna do asphalt so you've got the it. you've got the background <laughs> you've got the background information um and that's that's you know one of the things that uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you is that I knew that you'd have you know some some plans, um, uh, you know, and and maybe maybe you do add a little bit of lime in there. Some slick is all right, you know. It's uh, it would create some uh, it would create some action out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you just got to be careful with it, right? Like you yeah. don't get it to the point where it's just you're out there dirt tracking the whole time. Absolutely, that's really not the point either. But it doesn't take a whole lot. They take a bit of traction away from the car, so they can't tear it up. You know the way we're talking about. The other yeah. thing is too um, um, will help us a little bit. The, the bottom line, right at the very bottom of the track, where everybody always seems to want to want to run. That we left that one in. Gotcha. So it, the progressive starts from there on up, and and a lot of the places where I've seen asphalt fail on on new um, on new placement like that by running too soon on it is is it seems to me like the flatter the tracks the harder it is on it because you get a lot more side loading. And um, so the banking actually helps you um, get away from some of that, believe it or not. I know the speeds go up, but your side loading becomes, you know, the, if you want to get into physics, a lot more of your vectors is, is going down as, as opposed to sideways. So 
that also helps. Uh, it's going to be cool for the competitors too, right? What are they going to want to do? Do you want to run down on the bottom? A short way around the racetracks, always around the the low part of the track, or do you want to try and you know go up that lane and get up into that new stuff and uh, you know ride the rim, if you will, up there? Uh, it's going to add for some tremendous racing. Trev, when is Target Day? Uh, for getting cars on track, when do you sort of foresee opening night at Penticton Speedway? So we had planned on being on the track in early June. <coughs> Excuse me. But with with some of the regulations that came out with the lockdown and with, with COVID, we canceled a bunch of that. And then we, so we took that time. It would appear that, that, that we wouldn't have made it. But that's not correct because what we've done is we've just taken the time that uh, that we had afforded to us because of the COVID restrictions to do some more things that we would have left behind in the meantime, you know, and done them at a later date. So the 27th is our first um, date that we plan on doing some practice with some, you know, some, some Hornets and some street stock stuff, so hopefully not too much pressure on the track. And, and, then, um, and then early July you know, um, for our first race. So, and we are going to have to keep an eye on, on things and, and make decisions early enough that, you know, we don't have competitors make big plans and, and then we can't do it, um, you know, because the track, because the track won't accept it because of the curing issue. But um, it, it, I don't think it'll be for any other reason, you know, uh, schedule-wise we're looking good uh, from that perspective. Yeah, sounds like things are coming together real good. Well, we got you on the horn. Let's talk RS1. Uh, things looking mighty fine over on that side of the fence, too. How are uh, the competitors got to be getting excited on that side? Well, they sure are, and, you know, lots of excitement there. And I don't know if you guys saw, but a week ago we uh, came out with press release. We got Alex Tagliani. He's going to join us for our doubleheader at Area 27. I um, did so see that. news for the, for the, for the series. Um you know, just keep stepping the game up there. We've got a super deep field. And the last time we, we talked to you guys, we talked about, you know, that fact that uh, Andrew was coming and, uh, you know, Sean McIntosh is back and, and Scott Hargrove and a bunch of these guys. So adding Alex in that mix now, we're pretty excited about that for sure. Um, so, yeah, lots of good things. Uh, the, the, like I say, Al got off the plane there today and um, or this evening, I guess. I, I just saw him in the 20 minutes before you were, you, you had me on your show, and, and uh, he let me know that the hauler just arrived in Penticton. Uh, coincidentally, at the exact same time. So they're down there unloading that with uh, six brand-new cars in it. So that's exciting, and uh, four more or three more to come, I guess, on the next trip. So, yeah, lots of cool things. It's coming very quickly now, and um, the COVID regulations, like I mentioned, are starting to relax so we can put some people in grandstands, and, and hopefully we can... We can do the same at Area 27. Have some people come out and watch that. We've got we got lots of lots of talent, and we can't forget about the challenge uh, people as well. We got a lot of uh, you know a lot of enthusiastic drivers in that, so we can allow families and stuff to come and watch. Where wasn't looking good for the longest time, but I think we're going to sneak in under the wire on that too. Absolutely, it's uh, it's all it's banging on all cylinders out there. There's so yeah. much excitement. Um, hey, I I got to give a big hats off to you guys as well. Um, you know, I, I did this for Brett Hope, who was uh, who was you know on our on our program the last time, a late model racer out of Ontario who who is you know taking a dive into doing uh, some video content and some content about behind the scenes of what he has going on. 
Um, and you guys are doing the same thing on the Avion Motorsports side uh, with like a, a weekly update or, or, you know, updates throughout the year, uh, throughout the off season. I think you guys are up to like 16 episodes of, you know, updates. And it's all behind the scenes stuff. The, the car builds, the, you know, the news that's coming out, the, you know, the exciting points uh, uh, that you guys have to offer. Uh, you guys are doing a great job keeping your own fan base and building a fan base. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I've, I've watched every single one of them. Uh, AJ and, and those guys do a great job with, uh, with all the content that you guys are spewing out there. Um, and, uh, you know, hats off to you guys. And, and for everybody listening, uh, go on to Avion Motorsports uh, page, and that's A-V-I-O-N Mo- Motorsports with an S on the end. Uh, check out their Facebook page. Uh, you can scroll back and you can see all the news that's coming out. Uh, you can also see, you know, uh, the video updates uh, throughout the off season and and what you can expect to see when the season kicks off. So, uh, hats off to you guys for doing that because really there's a ton of information. Uh, there's a ton of really cool content and you can kind of see behind the, the veil a little bit of what an RS1 car is. Um, there's they're a real racing machine. They're they're a purpose built race car and and. Uh, uh, there's they they're a pretty cool machine, um, and uh, there's a lot of information there. So hats off to you guys for doing that, Trev. Well, well thanks. I appreciate you uh, mentioning that because I you know the, the team back east, while they're mired down and building all these cars, you know hardly have any time in their hands, and um, and so they took this upon themselves. Um, you know, ran it by me. We talked about how we would do it and what we would and you know what the content would be like and. I said, absolutely. I said, uh, we need to do it because nothing worse than going on a website and the thing is stagnant. They, you know, the last update was a year ago or whatever. I said, you know, so so we decided to do that. And, and for them to continually be able to put that out, and you guys would know as well as anybody, trying to produce something that, um, that you want anybody to watch is not always on the first take. Right? Absolutely. So, you know, and, and, and they've done quite a phenomenal job, I think, with, with getting better with every episode, you know, you're kind of learning, you know, how to go about it, how to do it, how to get the footage, how to edit it, what to say, um, you know, and, and, and we were careful to not make it too, um, too technical, I guess, because those of us that are racers, we want to talk in a certain language, but if we're going to bring people into the sport, we, we have to introduce them on layman terms and, and, and be able to walk them through. So if you, and I'm sure you saw that when you watched the episodes that we're trying to give as much tech, you know, technology insight into what we do without making it confusing, yep. without using verbiage that people don't understand, you know, that, that might be new to the sport or, you know, even just a, a new fan. So I think they've done a great job in, in, in talking in a way and describing things in a way where it doesn't get overwhelming to, to give people the general sense of how this whole thing works. And I think that's important, um, not just in that, but in a lot of things we do, the way we run the racetrack, um, the way we invite fans and, and how we treat them when they're there, that, that, that it's all encompassing to, to, uh, to introduce them to our sport and bring them along so that we can help them with the knowledge because we all know what you bring someone to a race track who's never been to one, they've got a million questions, and some of them seem so simple to us. But it, to them, when you think about it, you say, oh, okay, I can see why that might be confusing to how things work. Yeah. So I think, it's, I think it's gone a long way, um, a long way to, uh, to help promote us, but also help you know, get some fans uh, interested in what we're doing 
Well, BEC is going to be a happening spot this year, whether it be the short track, whether it be uh, Area 27 on the road course. Uh, uh, there's so much to see and do in BC. And I know, Trevor, uh, you're playing a key role in uh, getting all of this stuff fired up. I, I know, Junior, you said right off the top, I wonder if Trevor's going to trade his hard hat in for a, a real helmet. A real helmet. Yeah. That's what I said. I, Put I, a real I'm helmet Trade on. that hard hat in for a real helmet. And and I emphasize well, the real part of things because this is a racing show, and that's all we like talking about, not this <laughs> construction stuff. I'm sorry to all the fans out there, too, that got a pavement lesson. That was just for me. I don't care about the listener at that point. I wanted to know, you know, for me. So, um, But that being said, you better be putting on a real helmet with one of those nice, uh, you know, oil slick visors, or if you're racing at night, a clear visor on. Uh, we need Trevor Siebert behind the wheel of one of these things, not just uh, pulling on sticks all day. Well, we have a corporate event um, that we're doing for one of our customers that owns a few of the couple of the RS1s, and and they've invited some of the drivers to come and and and, and drive with them, and uh, that's at Area 27 next week. And um, so Al mentioned that to me. He said, you know, you're coming down to get in the car, and I said, honestly speaking, I'm probably going to be riding around on a paver that day. So. Um, <laughs> So I, I hear you. I'm I'm anxious to get in the car and go shake the cobwebs out. I just don't know if I'm going to have the time before at least I have this racetrack in a position where we, I can let somebody go around on it. Absolutely. Wow, that's so keeping I the priorities. Else from the team will be. <laughs> that's keeping the priorities straight. I know you would, Trev. Uh, but and you'd have to boot Riley out of the seat. How's the kid making out? I haven't spoke to Riley in a long time. Well, we should get him on your show. Um, you know he's. He's excited about the season coming up, you know, with the, with the new track and stuff. He's going to, uh, I know he's doing some work on his late model that he still has to get it ready because he's going to run that again a bit. And um, he's got one of the RS1s, uh, brand new ones, has is, is got his name on it. It's the first time he'll have a brand new one. He goes, it gets my hand me down. So, um, so he's pretty excited about that. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's. He's busy running our construction company and and uh, trying to figure out how he's going to keep racing at the same time. But um, <laughs> we'll always make time for that. It's in our blood, and uh, and I can't uh, I can't have all these great things going on and, and not him have him be part of it. And he's been down to track helping a ton. Um, and you know we have stuff going on over BC, but he he seems to arrive here every week and at least put two or three days in with me there to try and get some things done before he's off to another project. So. Uh, good, good stuff. He's making stuff. the money. You're spending the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I want to mention something to uh, to what you guys said. I, I Sorry, I missed your, most of your show. I just caught the tail end of, of your last segment there. But uh, Junior was uh, talking about, um, well, I guess you both were. You guys were talking about, you know, uh, people who aren't drivers and, and being involved. And I thought what you guys said was, was really well said and it doesn't get said enough that you know you don't have to be a driver to to enjoy the sport and uh you know you said it yourself the adrenaline uh, that you get as a spotter and i've done spotting and i and i get it on that side of the fence and sometimes you feel like you're in the car because you're <laughs> start hollering at your driver what to do out there but you know it i think it's important that we do that in our sport too um you know one of the things and i hope i'm not taking up too much of your time but but one of the things that, that I think has gone away over the years is, is and especially they were, used to do it on the road courses a lot, where they'd have these clubs of corner workers. And I remember back in the Westwood days, 
uh, if you got invited to the after party of the corner workers, it was a big deal. So as a driver, you really minded your P's and Q's, and you made sure that you went and thanked all those people all the time because you had to show them some appreciation, and they always threw some really damn good parties. And uh, and they just bloody well wouldn't invite you if, if, if you were one of those drivers that didn't seem to appreciate them. And and so that's one of the things that I'm going to focus on with Avion and with the Penticton Speedway because we need those people at the track, and I think that they should be held in high regard. Your ambulance attendants, your your fire people, your spotters, your crews, uh, poor guys got empty the garbage can the next day. I don't think they ever get enough of the of the limelight, and I think they need to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good. Uh, well said. And, it, you know, it is part of the team, whether you're part of the race car team or whether you're part of that racetrack. Um, you know, it, it, it's just like life, right, Trev? It's all about people. Um, the the more people you get involved uh, w- with the, a passion for the sport like we all have, that's what moves the ball down the uh, down the field and makes things better. Uh, I know it's going to be awesome. When we get fired up out there in BC, um, it's going to be awesome, and uh, you know what? It's going to be—it's uh, going to be here before we know it, Trevor. Yeah, that's a fact. It's, it's upon us. I can see that date coming in a big hurry, and that's okay, though. I work good under pressure, and it keeps me motivated. <laughs> well, you keep doing that. You get back to work, and uh, we got to hand the keys back to Sirius XM, and they're not going to give it back to us until next Sunday night, buddy. Okay, well, I really appreciate talking to you both. Have a great night, and uh, and appreciate being on your show. That is Trevor Siebert, Penticton Speedway, RS1, and Area 27. Man, the guy's going to be, uh, He's. you think he's busy now? You wait till the green flag goes in the air. But what a rewarding feeling. It sounds like Riley's the busy one now, though. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like Trav's busy. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that Riley's the busy one. Oh, but, yeah. uh, but uh, you know, great guy, great family, great motorsports supporters. Um, man, you know what? They need to build a two-seater. I don't know if they have a two-seater or not. But, I uh, think they do. A two-seater RS1 car. I would strap in as a passenger for... for Probably Trevor. Trevor over Riley. Yeah. <laughs> two seater. Two seater. I'm going with Trev. Well, if who I, would you go? I, who would I go with? Yeah. Would you go with Trevor or Riley? Oh, I, I, I'd be the flag guy. <laughs> I'd chicken. be the flag guy. Chick- I'm just kidding, Riley. I'd ride with you too. Yeah. Let's go. Well, Build a two seater, and I'm coming out to the uh, Okanagan. Let's go. Let's yeah. go for a rip. Oh, one day, one day we are going out there. Yeah. Uh, can't I wait to see, see the fruits of these labors. Uh, but that's gonna do it for us tonight here on Race Time Radio. Uh, oh, I want to tell you, too, and I didn't get near enough time, uh, uh, APC has launched yes. the updated schedule. Check it out. Uh, Great-looking schedule. Uh, it's going to start at Delaware Speedway, going to end at Delaware Speedway, and all those great tracks in between. Uh, it's going to be a great APC season. Um out on Canada's East Coast in the Maritimes, uh, seen some footage where they've got the uh, East Coast International Pro Stock getting Tour. Wrapped. Seen the uh, hauler, seen all the stuff getting wrapped up. Uh, things are coming together. This lockdown's going to be over. And uh, get ready, fans. It's going to come. June 19th at Flamborough Speedway is a kickoff here. There's going to be a big, uh, you know, triple crown to kick it off. Uh, you know, I've seen lots of posts, lots of guys excited about that. June 19th and uh, going to rock and roll. Trevor Siebert, every RS1 is a two-seater. See, I don't know. Uh, there you go. 
Anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight on the show. Uh, Got to thank Susie Q right here in the Race Time Radio studio for hooking us up with everybody. And, oh, don't forget about Scotty back in the Sirius XM studio in Toronto, uh, getting us all out to you on Sirius XM. That's going to do it for us tonight. We will catch you again next Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent. 